Hello, everybody. Liz here with Bible Clarified. Uh, today, we're going to start going over part two of Love Like Jesus. And if you missed part one, you'll definitely want to go back and check out that video. Uh, also, the article, uh, the whole article with part one and two is uh, on the website as well, BibleClarified.com. So like and subscribe everywhere you find us on all the social media. We're pretty much everywhere and on Rumble. So check us out there, like and subscribe. Uh, and let's go ahead and dive in. Um, but first, the most important thing, uh, the whole purpose of our mission here, Bible Clarified, is to uh, get you reading your Bible. Uh, because at this at this time, there seems to be a, a lack of the true word of God. It's kind of like what uh, Amos 8.11 refers to, which is that there would be sort of a famine of the word of God. And at this point, we seem to be having that, and there's just a lot of really subtle false teachings going on in churches. There's just not the real Bible being taught. There's just a lot of that going on, not to mention the false truths going on with the media and just the whole world in general, schools, everything. It's everywhere. So it's now more important than ever that you dig into the Bible and read the true word of God because uh, it doesn't mince words. It's really clear. It's a very clear instruction manual. tells us what's coming. tells us everything. So uh, we really need to dig into that and read the true word and not just go to church and listen to what the guy up front says. So that's our goal is to get you into the Bible. And we go through a lot of Bible verses to, to accomplish this. We want you to not just read one verse. We want you to go back later or maybe pause it and read the whole chapter so that you really get the context of everything. So uh, diving in here, we're going to talk part two of Love Like Jesus. I tell you what, what makes you feel more unloved by somebody than anything else? Feeling judged. So part one was all about, uh, you know, learning that we should be discerning our own path and determining the steps that we should take in our walk and our family. Uh, versus judging other people. And so uh, that's a really important concept that churches tend to get wrong and also individuals who, um, you know, are trying to follow the Bible. But if we really follow the Bible, Jesus set a really good example for us on exactly what we should be doing. And he was very clear in part one, definitely go back and watch that very clear to say, don't judge. So um, we're going to take a little deeper look into that. So uh, a lot of times we also discuss there's an unhealthy motivation, <laughs> excuse me, motivation when it comes to judging. And oftentimes that's just more of an ego thing of feeling you're better than someone else. And, uh, you know, there's lots of warnings in the Bible about pride and arrogance in Proverbs, especially, um, you know, but let's look at Luke 18, 9 through 14. And let's see how Jesus does it, because now we're going to take this is sort of the application side of this, this Bible study. So we're going to see, okay, well, on the ground, in real life, what exactly should we be doing? But Jesus, he sets a great example for us. So let's check that out. So I'm going to go ahead and share screen and get this uh, PowerPoint up. But I'm also going to read it for those of you that don't have video. So don't worry. Do, 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 do. Um... Where is it? It's coming. Ah, there we are. Got it. Okay. A little slow today. All right. So uh, Luke 8, uh, 18, 9 through 14. Let me see here. I'm going to make sure that's the one. Yep. 
Um, but in this parable, it's Jesus sort of talking about tax collectors uh, who were seen as sinners by the judgmental Pharisees. So let's just see what this says. Verse 9. Also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. That's right. They were judgmental. Verse 10. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus within himself, God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man that went down to his house, uh, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. In other words, the tax collector went justified. He was humble for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So he's saying that the, uh, the Pharisee was judgmental and he did not humble himself, but the tax collector did humble himself. So you see what is important to Jesus. Don't judge. And this is, um, you know, just clear as day. Bible tells us and the churches seem to get it so wrong. Um, and it's sad there uh, as an entity we talked about last video, that churches are the most judgmental entities on the planet. But how sad they've missed the basic heart of God in the Bible. What? How do you miss the heart of God? It's it's like you saw how many verses there were about don't judge, don't judge. Um, but somehow people are still missing it. And that's why it's so important to get into your Bible. Learn the heart of God and just it's really simple. Follow the Bible. So, you know, we just need to choose to be humble. Um, but the churches have gotten it wrong. And now because of that, <laughs> you look at people that go say, uh, repent. And the word, just the word sin has a horrible negative con connotation. Now people feel judged when they hear those words. Why repent? Because you're a sinner. <laughs> Objectively though, sin is just when we make a bad decision one time or habitually, something that we need to turn away from if we want to follow God. It shouldn't be, you know, this nasty judgmental connotation, but unfortunately it is what it is. We need to cut that out though. Um, but there's a, I mean, there's the issue of telling people who are not trying to follow the Bible to repent. It's just a bad idea. They didn't sign up to follow the Bible. So um, you kind of sound stupid saying, repent, follow the Bible. If you know, you're in a crowd of people that never signed up to follow the Bible. So let's see, we're going to kind of look a little more into uh, what exactly we are called to do. So clearly we're, we're not called to scream repent and call people sinners and be judgmental. So uh, let's look at what we should be doing. And Jesus provides fantastic examples of exactly what we should be, do, be doing. Uh, if you look at Matthew 5, 13 to 16, it says that we should live by example and that we'll stand out if we live by example. The church should live by example and stand out like a city on the hill. So let's just see what the Bible says. Matthew 5, 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. 
nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That specifically and very clearly tells us to be a good example and to live by example. So it's really clear. So it tells us in the Bible what not to do, what not to do. Don't judge. Humble yourself, right? Um, and now it uh, tells us what we should do. We should live by example. And we should also very clearly said in the Bible, stick to the Bible. Things in the Bible are all there for a reason. It is the inspired word of God. So whatever you believe about Old Testament and how important it is and New Testament, uh, this should clear it up for you. Let's look at Matthew 5 verses 17 to 19. This will clear everything up. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Just stick to the Bible. And not only that, Every single, like a jot and a tittle is like even the tiniest little nuances are important in the Bible and they're supposed to be there. And that's Jesus right there telling us directly, follow the Bible. Everything in there is important. It's clear as day. And somehow churches get this wrong every day. There's churches teaching subtle false truths like, oh, the, the Old Testament we don't know that those stories are as important as the New Testament. Let's only focus on the New Testament. Mm, that could be a problem based on what we're seeing here. So uh, got to just really keep it simple and follow the Bible. But both churches and individual believers are just clearly instructed to live by example and stick to the Bible. We shouldn't be doing anything with a motive of personal gain or feeling like we're better than other people. Instead, uh, we should do everything for the glory of God. It's not about us, really. It's about God. If we just keep it simple and do this, then we'll be doing things by God's design. And people will guess what? They'll want to be part of our city on a hill instead of wanting to run away. They'll want to experience some of this great life and this joy that we that we have. They'll want to learn about gratitude and forgiveness. And we'll have this opportunity to show them how great our creator and Jesus really are. Um, and they'll actually want to stick around. When we see, when they see how amazing God really is and get to know Jesus, they'll want to learn and experience more naturally. Then we can show them more of the Bible and how to live by God's design because they'll ask. And they'll learn that if they follow God's design, they'll have freedom from these terrible worldly consequences from all the bad things that people do. <laughs> so it's really cool. You know, you don't think about it this way, but this is how it is. Once they experience that, they might be so excited about their newfound freedom and this joy that they have, and like, it'll be an easier life, then they'll want to tell people about it. And that's how it all starts. It all started with the simple concept of living by example and sticking to the Bible instead of judging people. So really clear? We can do that, right? It's really simple. So what does it look like on the ground in real life? Let's talk about that now. What's it, what does it look like? to discern instead of judging. 
Because on the ground, in real life, in the messy, 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 messiness of busy life and craziness, it, it could be hard. I mean, it's just totally different. Yeah, it sounds good, but doing it is tougher. Um, let's just see. Let's see how to get there. Um, we have some really practical steps to take, but when we um, when we intend to use our discernment to, to figure out our own actions instead of judging people, we then have the ability to meet people where, where they're at like Jesus did. Again, Jesus is like the perfect example of what we're supposed to do. And you look at his actions in the Bible, it's a really clear picture. Let's just follow that. Jesus was able to be around sinners and meet them where they were at without making them feel judged. Then, because he was able to do that, he had the opportunity to work with them to help them learn the Bible and uh, and and like help them be open to learning the Bible. But on the other side of the coin, uh, if we judge people, then they're not going to be willing to be around us and we may not be willing to be around them. You'll never have the opportunity to influence them or help them find the Bible and find God. So um, how do we accomplish this idea of meeting people where they're at? All you have to do, it's really simple. This is one simple concept that I know we can all do. All you have to do is speak truth from the Bible without injecting opinions. It's very simple. So you're not going to judge people. So when people ask, you can speak the truth of the Bible and just don't throw in your opinions like, you're going straight to hell. Leave that part out. <laughs> speak the truth with love is what we're really trying to say. You can speak the truth of the Bible without being rude and condescending. Absolutely. Don't be judgmental. But this may take tons of self-control. Um, but it's definitely worth it because you're not going to run people off by judging them. So let's take a look. Jesus hung out with sinners, and there's examples of that in the Bible. Let's look at Luke 15, 2. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, complained, saying, this man receives or welcomes sinners and eats with them. The Pharisees were mad at Jesus and judging Jesus because he hung out with sinners and tax collectors. And that was Jesus meeting them where they're at and giving them a chance to learn. So now let's look at Luke 5, 27 to 32. Starting with verse 27. After these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he left all, rose up and followed him. Then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house. And there were a great number of tax, tax collectors and others who sat down with them. And their scribes and the Pharisees complained against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answers and said to them, He answered and said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus didn't come to help the people that didn't need help. He came to help the sick or the people that needed to learn about him. The people that are too good for their own britches, that's a whole nother story. That's, uh, you know, if you're too good for your own britches and aren't willing to learn, that's, that's a totally different story. That's on you, but that's the biggest separator between you and God, and that is sad. But we should follow the example of Jesus when it comes to how he interacted with people. What a great example, though. I mean, he met people where they were at. And when he did so, he had an opportunity to influence them, and then he taught them. 
and they became amazing followers. They turned, get, he had an influence. They actually turned away from their sin and followed Jesus. So he came to help those that needed to meet God, not those that already did or thought they had, that thought they were too good for, for learning. So now we're going to go over, this is the cool part, six basic steps for handling interactions without judging. And this is where the rubber meets the road, because this is the application part that's actually going to help you. So if you're new to the Bible, you've got nothing to lose but trying this, because it'll only make your life better. What you got to lose? Not going to hurt anything. So uh, when we're going to discern versus judging, let's look at that. There's some steps we can take in, in everyday life. You can get on the same page, meet people where they're at different, all different moral backgrounds, all different types of people, you know, political sides. So let's discuss first um, an example. Uh, well, sorry, first we'll discuss our, our basic steps, and then we're going to look at a very specific example, some examples uh, of what you would see in real life. So let's look at number one. So the most important thing is to have the correct perspective, have correct expectations. You have to realize that people who don't know the Bible can't be expected to have the moral code of the Bible. They didn't sign up to follow the Bible. So discern and prepare accordingly and protect yourself when needed. But still, you can be available to help if possible, right? So you have to have the correct expectations. They didn't sign up to follow the Bible. You just need to understand that. Is it our job to judge people that didn't sign up to follow the Bible? No. In part one, we talked about that that is God's job. Is it the church's job? No, it is God's job. That's right. And he has appointed Jesus to help with that task. So uh, item number two, meet them where they're at. And this is where Jesus gave us our example. And we can follow the example of Jesus uh, that was in Luke. And let's go ahead and... Understand what that means, though. Enter their world, ask them questions, and genuinely get to know them. Learn about them. Try to just get along with them, you know, meet, have have real conversations. Enter their world a little bit. You got to meet them where they're at. Did Jesus walk up to the tax collectors and be like, repent, you evil tax collectors? No, no. He walked up and he made conversation with them. Item three, don't judge them. Of course. <laughs> that's going to push them away. We've been talking about that the whole time. And also, don't be so socially awkward and push the Bible or church on them when they're not ready. You have to discern when the right time is to bring these things up. In general, we'll wait till after step five, which we're going to go over in a second. But you'll know when the right time is and pray about it. God will help you with timing. So number four, learn by example. Uh, sorry, <laughs> live. This is the most important one. Live by example instead of trying to tell everybody what they should do. The most important part right here. Living by example and choosing not to judge. Then you, you keep yourself from setting yourself up to be just another Christian hypocrite. You don't want to be a hypocrite. You are not perfect. You're a sinner too. So don't try to come off that you're better than them or less sinful because you're just going to be caught 10 minutes later doing probably the same thing. 
Now, discerning your own path, that's a different story, right? But don't judge them. Let them ask you the questions, number five. Let them ask you the questions when they are ready. You'll stand out if you do a good job living by example. And then when they see your joy and that you're having a good life and everything's easy, much easier, you don't have uh, a lot of the consequences of the worldly things, um, you know, then they'll want some of that and they're going to ask you questions. That's that's when you bring up church and the Bible and explain how you got there. That's when you do it. You live by example. They'll want some of that and they'll ask questions. So number six, discern their pace. Don't be pushy and don't rush them. They may never progress past being, you know, in a basic conversation and the meet meet you at meet them at their level part, you know, meet them where they're at. They may never get past that, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. That's their choice. It's their journey. Pushing them will only definitely turn them away. So be patient and just keep uh, keep loving them the way Jesus did. Follow Jesus' example. But it's important to note, you can't help everybody. Just keep that in mind. There's going to be some people where you discern it's just best to simply stay away or minimize contact to protect you and your family. It's okay to discern that. That's what discernment is all about. It's our job to discern that. And it's also our job to stand for what's right for our path and our direction. So it's important that we continue to do that. None of this means we should be a pushover and lay down and take it. Nope. Examples. Let's go over an example, because this is where this is where because um, now we've got our simple steps. Now let's talk about what this actually looks like in everyday life in a real situation where tensions are high and uh, everything's you know the poop's about to hit the fan. Right? Um, do you have a hard time getting together with extended family because of political disagreements? Perhaps Thanksgiving dinners have been hijacked by politics. Um, you may have a family member that just like lobs the grenade out there and then boom, the whole dinner blows up and the whole night's ruined. Um, uh, that, that's one scenario. And then another scenario, you know, you've got uh, a lot of people ask, OK, well, you know, what about people, different sexual orientations or believe that, uh, you know, it's OK to be gay, those kind of things. So this will kind of address that. So. Uh, if we take each step and apply it to the situation. So first, we're going to talk mainly about this political disagreements of families, because a lot of people have been, you know, their families have been torn apart by politics, especially lately. There is a giant divide happening. Don't know if you've noticed, but it's definitely there. <laughs> so uh, if you look at step one, right, let's look at step one again, have correct expectations, get the right perspective Discern differences in moral code and develop realistic expectations accordingly. So your family members, your extended family members may have just a different moral code and they may not have signed up to follow the Bible. Your job is to uh, follow your moral code and have your family do that, which is our biblical moral code. We have to exercise self-control. And of course, without setting ourselves to, up to, you know, to get hurt by people, we can choose to accept them where they are and uh, we can, in, in that case, you just have to have a realistic perspective that if they operate on a different moral code, then you can expect certain behaviors, you know, um, you can, 
you know, if they if they don't operate on biblical moral code, they may not operate under self-control. So uh, you can't expect them to have biblical code self-control, right? So as long as you get the the expectations correct, then you can say in your mind, okay, uh, I'm going to have extra grace in this area because that's just, I just know that that's the case and that's how they're going to behave. And then you don't even have to let it escalate at that point because your expectations are right on par. So number two, we're going to meet them where they're at. Enter the world, enter their world and discuss things that are not controversial to them. Establish common ground. Do they like biking? You know, do they like football? Talk about something both of you can kind of get on board with. Focus on en enjoying being together as a family and and or focus on, you know, talking about something other than the hot topic of the moment. So um, I'm looking at number three, uh, don't judge them. Avoid the temptation to tell them they're an idiot for their political beliefs or that, you know, say for a gay person, avoid the temptation to tell them you're going to hell because God says don't be gay. You know, that's not that's not what we're here to do. Is it our job? No, no. You know, you're going to run them away. That's absolutely what we should not do. <laughs> Number four. This is what we should do. <laughs> Live by example. Instead of trying to tell them what they should do, we just need to live by example, especially when it comes to politics. You can't tell people what they should do. <laughs> You're not going to convince somebody on the other side. It's just not going to happen. So instead, if you live by example and keep doing what you're doing, at least you'll have the opportunity to meet them where they're at instead of running them off. So that brings us to number five, let them ask questions when they're ready. One day, they might start asking questions about why you believe what you believe or why it's this way in the Bible and not that or what the Bible says about this and that. Let them ask the questions. Give them the opportunity you know, to, to ask questions. Then you have the opportunity to impact them when you answer the questions. Their heart is open, waiting for information at that point. So this requires you to do some homework. Don't be a slacker in this area, no. Be prepared and have some well-thought-out answers to the questions you know they're going to ask. So it's really important. And by golly, you should definitely have some scriptures to go along with that. And again, don't throw opinions out there. <laughs> so that uh, brings us to number six. Discern their pace. Don't be pushy. They may never progress, like we talked about, past basic conversations, but that's their choice. And if it's their choice to never come to your house again because, you know, they don't like the way you think, that's fine. That's their choice. But I tell you what, pushing them away by judging them, they'll definitely turn away. <laughs> then you really lose the opportunity. But, you know, if it gets to the point where it's unhealthy uh, for you or your immediate family um, to be around some influence or some person, then sure, discern and do what's necessary. But um, when you go at their own pace, you know, you have the, at least the opportunity meeting where they're at. And then basically over time, maybe they'll warm up and open their heart and be uh, starting to ask you questions. But again, trust God when it comes to pace. Pray about pace and don't push them. Don't be like, oh, you want to go to church tomorrow? How about church? How about church? There's an Easter thing this weekend. Yeah, no, don't be that person. No, play it cool and pray about it. So that is a really good example of, you know, a real life situation that, that happens, especially going on with, you know, all the politics 
And at the end of the day, we just have to love people. And Jesus gave this great example of how to love people instead of judging them, because judging people definitely makes people feel unloved. And we don't want to do that. So this goes for, you can apply all this stuff to marriage, you know, immediate family, extended family, work colleagues, um, just everywhere. People you don't know, people you just come across, the person in the store. So this applies to everything. But let's go over the really simple conclusion to wrap all of this up. If we can just accomplish being humble and, and have self-control and not judge other believers as church, uh, you know, sorry, and not judge other people as believers in churches, if we could just not judge, um, then, then we have a huge potential for influence. Imagine the influence we could have if we did that one thing right. And it's so sad that the churches are getting this wrong and believers are getting this wrong because we have lost so much potential to Im impact people and be the shining, the, the light on the hill, the city on the hill. That's what we want to be. So let's choose to live by example and discern our own direction instead of judging. So we have an opportunity to impact people. Impacting people in a positive way all comes down to two simple principles, just to review. Um, just to summarize the most important parts of this, meet people where they're at without judging them is number one. And number two, speaking the truth of the Bible without injecting your opinions. If you can have the self-control to do those two basic things, just to summarize, put it all in a short little nutshell. If you can do those things, uh, then, then you have an opportunity to make huge changes in people's lives. And that is what we want to do. And it starts one person at a time. Will you be one of them? That is the question. I hope so. But don't forget to like and subscribe. And uh, we're going to do another Bible study coming soon. Uh, and also um, visit our website, Bible Clarified, and uh, social media. You'll find the latest news uh, through the lens of the Bible. And we're going to keep pumping out awesome Bible studies that encourage you to get into God's Word and really see for yourself what the word says so that you can catch the subtle, subtle nuances that are going on in the world right now that are just uh, just slightly wrong, but will have such, an, such a, a huge consequence of impact in the world. And we see this happening already. So um, get into your Bible, read the verses. Um, I'm going to go ahead and stop this share. But uh, yeah, go ahead and get into that Bible, read the verses, and we will see you next time.